You are now listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode number six. Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about sleep disorders and abnormal sleep patterns. I'm going to go into a little bit of detail of why I think sleep is important and really what happens if you don't get enough sleep, especially over the long term. And I'm not talking about maybe like a day or a couple of days. I'm talking about months and years uh, what can occur. And what do we tend to see from a clinical standpoint in the office when you're not getting enough sleep? And if I don't know if you know, but like sometimes it's actually difficult to control your blood pressure. Sometimes it may be difficult to control your weight. So we'll take a listen to this episode, especially for those who are suffering from uh, sleep disturbances to see if you know you meet some of these uh, criteria and see where you can get some help. And I'm also going to give you some tips at the end on how to improve your sleep function today. So we're going to be talking about sleep. Uh, something that I see in my office quite often um, and uh, what problems we're having. So let me just give you uh, a quick rundown of some of the issues that we kind of run in with when you don't get enough sleep. So when we don't get enough sleep, we know there's concerns of uh, trouble controlling your appetite. When you don't get enough sleep, we know productivity, especially at the workplace and school, uh, suffers. You're going to hear all of these people who will tell you about this whole, um, uh, I don't sleep, I hustle all night. That does not work. Uh, it's been proven over and over and over again. Uh, oh, hey, yes, uh, hello, hello, everybody for joining. Uh, we're talking about sleep today. We're giving some tips on how to improve uh, our sleep here today. And uh, so let's let's start out. So again, with problems with when you don't get enough sleep, uh, we know you have trouble losing weight when you don't get enough sleep. We know there is actually uh, heart-related issues um, when you don't get any sleep as well. So definitely um, something I deal with on a consistent basis. I have a lot of my patients who are diabetic. I have a lot of my patients who have high blood pressure. A lot of my patients who have high cholesterol. And regardless of the amount of medications that I give them, I know that if they're not getting in enough sleep, uh, their body does ha not have enough time to rejuvenate and uh, process the medication that they do take. So it's always going to be difficult to actually control uh, in, in that regards. And let me just give, give some facts that I got. And these are actually from the National Sleep Foundation. Just some quick facts on uh, sleep and all the problems we have. Uh, six out of ten uh, health professionals like myself uh, don't have enough time uh, to talk to you guys about sleep. So majority of the time, you're going to your doctor's office, and they're not even really asking you about like how how well are you sleeping. And that's for me, uh, for my patients to understand. They know that I ask them all the time because I know how important um, sleep is. Oh, uh, wag, what's going on, bro? Um, I know how important sleep is. Uh, just kind of moving forward. Uh, and again, me as a physician, again, I don't even get the amount of sleep I should be getting. As an adult, we should be getting about six to eight hours of actually good restful sleep. Um, I don't. Uh, and But again, it's definitely something I do preach to my patients to uh, go ahead and get. Um, we know eight out of ten people actually misuse their sleep medications. So I got a lot of patients, unfortunately, who have to take medications um, 
to go to sleep, which is, of course, a problem because uh, majority of your medications do have a lot of addictive uh, properties with it. So after a while, uh, if it took one pill to help them go to sleep, all of a sudden now it takes two pills to help them go to sleep. And if it takes two pills to help them go to sleep, now they add three. So that's where problems uh, start arising uh, when we, we get in trouble with these sleep medications. So, of course, my first number one goal is to try to avoid medications at all costs because I know maybe not in a year, maybe not in five years, but I know eventually that medication that you're taking right now is not going to be enough uh, to, to help you get to sleep. So uh, definitely we tried a lot of conservative, hey Dr. Tracy, a lot of conservative treatments to try to get you guys to um, uh, fall asleep uh, much quicker. Um, we know one of the primary causes for a lot of especially my couples not sleeping is snoring. So if you have that one partner who snores extremely loud, if you don't get a chance to fall asleep uh, before them, uh, we know you're staying up uh, for hours on end. So a lot of times I have a lot of couples who actually have to sleep in separate beds uh, because the snoring is so bad in the one partner. It's usually the male who snores a lot. The one partner can't get any sleep uh, if they're in the same room. So I got patients who Sleep in separate beds. I got patients who sleep in separate rooms because of uh, the severity of sleep uh, in that regard. Um, we know that um, as well as the productivity, we know that uh, studies have shown that upwards of 30 to 40 percent of people actually drive uh, cars and during the day drowsy, have actually fallen uh, asleep while driving. Uh, my cousin says he snores a lot. Yes, uh, snoring is a big thing. And snoring is, there's a, we, we could actually do a whole talk on just snoring aspect as well. But a lot of it um, is anatomical. Um, but I have a lot of my patients, I have a lot of heavier set patients as well who deal with issues of like sleep apnea. And that's a whole nother, you know, conversation in itself, which causes a lot of medical issues and concerns with sleep apnea. But a lot of people just have like general snoring. A lot of it is usually positional. Like I have a lot of my people sleep on their back and because when they sleep on their back and their tongue rests and it kind of falls in the back of your throat and then all of a sudden the snoring kind of kicks up. So a lot of times my patients have to sleep on their side, uh, you know, to get a good sleep and not have to snore as much. But again, if you're used to sleeping on your back, me telling you to sleep on your side and sleep on your stomach is probably not going to happen. Um, so a lot of it is positional, um, but there is some anatomical uh, concern, especially when we're dealing with uh, sleep, um, especially when we're dealing with snoring uh, in, in that aspect of itself. So let's talk about some tips on how to improve sleep. One is the schedule. Like a lot of us have terrible sleep schedules. A lot of us do either will go to sleep one day, go to sleep at 10 o'clock. Next day, they're going to sleep at 12 o'clock. Next day, they're going to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, so for the first first thing, all of my patients I ask, what time do you normally fall to bed? Because we need to kind of get you guys into a routine set schedule where if you know 10 o'clock is coming, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to sleep and that's about it. Um, because we know if your, your body has to kind of get used to uh, the thought of falling asleep. So going, to, going inside the bedroom is uh, extremely important. Um, uh, on a consistent time table because again, um, and I'm not talking about my weekend wars. Of course, on weekends you can sleep in a little bit later, uh, but because if you consistently are sleeping at very abnormal patterns, your body has no uh, chance of trying to get a good proper sleep schedule. Hey, Jesse, um, we're talking about sleep, and I'm actually going through the five tips on uh, how to improve sleeping uh, today. Uh, so number one, uh, get you a good sleep schedule. 
Uh, number two, we got to get a, a better uh, relaxing uh, bedtime ritual. A lot of us, and this is... Uh, uh, this you know this isn't you know just kind of uh, pointing to one person, but a lot of us bring a lot of stress and all kinds of stress from the work, stress from home, stress from family, into the bedroom. Um, and when we're going to bed, when we're ready to fall asleep, we got to kind of leave that to the outside. So if you need to light a candle, if you need to listen to you know a couple you know jazz music something uh to kind of get you in the mood for fall asleep that needs to be done um asap we have to find some type of ritual um going going forward uh that you can kind of stick to again so one we're sticking to the ritual of actually going to sleep at a certain time and the second where we, we got to get some type of ritual again a lot of us uh have to leave the stress like outside the bedroom uh because again if you if you're thinking about all the work you got to do tomorrow. If you think about all the work you didn't do today, you're not going to have any chance to go to sleep, especially at a proper time. And again, uh, for most adults, six to eight hours is really our sweet spot for trying to fall asleep and actually getting a good restful sleep in, in that regard. And number three, this is going to be big, especially for, uh, I know my wife uh, gets in trouble a lot, like avoiding naps. A lot of us, um, if we have the chance, a lot of us do try to get in a quick nap during the, the day, 30 minutes, hour, hour or so. And unfortunately, you know, that kind of messes up our sleep cycle moving forward. So we always, especially my patient, you come into my office, you tell me um, that you're having trouble sleeping. First thing I'm asking is, what, what about your, your nap schedule? And, you know, how can we eliminate that? Now, of course, I got some people who say that they can't make it through the day if they don't take their nap. And I just say, well, if you take that nap, then you can't complain about not being able to fall asleep uh, at nighttime. So it's kind of like a yin and yang. Either you want to, you know, take that hour nap and, you know, kind of rejuvenate it, or you got to get your, your six to eight hours. Me personally, I'd rather you get your six to eight hours at nighttime and kind of be a little bit tired as the day um, uh, goes on. Number four, and this is uh, something that, you know, I've, I've gotten uh, very familiar with exercise. Uh, exercise is a very good uh, sleep remedy. Um, and this this doesn't matter whether you're exercising in the morning, whether you're exercising, you know, right before bedtime. Something I actually don't probably recommend. Um, if you're going to exercise at nighttime, you know, give yourself about an hour or two before you need to fall asleep. Because a lot of times we're so hype and so jacked up from a great exercise regimen that we actually can't get to bed uh, right when we leave um, the gym. So, you know, give yourself about an hour or so in between time before you're actually going to go uh, to sleep if you're going to exercise, but exercise, um, and that's something that's recommended, you know, internal medicine recommended, our sleep medicine uh, physicians would recommend that as well uh, to get you a consistent sleep cycle because, again, it just helps the body kind of wear itself out um, in, in that regards. Uh, number, number four, oh, number five, um, uh, check your room. And this is big because if you, again, if for people who go to the hotel, you know, when you go to the hotel, uh, what do they usually have? They usually have those blacked out curtains. And uh, usually you have your best sleep when you go to a hotel. And the reason, and that's something I reckon, and that's something very cheap, uh, something we don't have to worry about, you know, from a medication aspect, um, you know, being, you know, a problem. Um, getting blacked out curtains uh, can do wonders for you because a lot of us are very light sleepers. I know myself, I am. So if there's, you know, like a little trickle of light that comes to the window, like I automatically get up, regardless of, you know, I could have been sleeping three hours, five hours, eight hours.
48 hours. The second that little sunbeam and light hit me in the eye, I'm ready to get up. Uh, some of my hard sleepers usually don't really have that problem. But uh, blackout uh, curtains are amazing uh, to kind of uh, get you through uh, a good sleep cycle. You don't have to worry about the nighttime popping up and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, you have to get up even though you probably had a couple hours uh, to get some sleep. As well as the arrangement of the room. Um, personally, when you're going to bed, you know, you should be going uh, right to bed. There shouldn't be any reading in the bed. There shouldn't be any eating inside the bedroom, especially on your bed. Because, uh, again, your body knows. Your body knows, again, you're, you're, you're doing the first thing. You're, you're going to sleep, you know, at 10 o'clock. You avoided that nap. You got some exercise in. But then right when you go to sit in the bed, you're eating. Uh, you're watching TV. You're doing all, you're doing a hundred different things. Your body internally does not know when to turn itself off. So usually if you're going to, you know, if you're going to eat, do all those things, like sit in a chair on a desk next to your bedroom. Don't actually sit in your bed to do so. And again, I know it's um, difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people, that's what they do. They usually do their homework. They usually are reading or usually watching TV while they're sitting in the bedroom. And that's something that, again, our body doesn't, from a routine standpoint, has a lot of trouble um, you know, trying to uh, regulate when we're going to go to sleep. So again, for so our last one, definitely our, our fifth uh, tip is definitely, you know, evaluate the room, evaluate the bed, evaluate your mattress. If your mattress is too hard, too soft, you're going to have trouble sleeping. Um, if your pillows are too hard, too soft, you're going to have trouble sleeping. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a whole process in to trying to get you some sleep. Uh, that uh, something that again I think is extremely important uh, and it's very easy to do and again because my goal is to try to prevent you from needing medications to have to go to sleep um, uh, and again because a lot of us take you know certain medications that kind of keep us up anyways so then you take a medication that keeps you up and now you got to take a medication that has to put you down to sleep so we try to avoid that again especially for my younger patients like I hate to hate to hate have to give my younger patients sleep medication because they're too anxious, they're too stressed, um, they're on a different medication that's kind of keeping them up um, in, in that regard. So what, all we can do is try to avoid, avoid, avoid medication. That's my goal. How can I avoid putting you on some medications um, to go to sleep? Um, now again, if you get to the point where you've done you've done all of these things here, you know you've uh, you got your sleep schedule, um, you got your bedtime ritual, you're avoiding naps, you're exercising, um, you know you're checking your room out, you you know you're blacking out the curtains, all and you still can't sleep. Uh, try some over-the-counter Benadryl. Works extremely well. Even melatonin from a natural. I know I have some natural supplement people. Melatonin is another medication. For some people, it's almost you know. It's 50-50 from a study standpoint. You know, some studies say it works very well for sleep. Some people say, you know, it does nothing for them. Uh, but, you know, try some over-the-counter Benadryl. See if that's enough to kind of, you know, get you to sleep. But I think personally, if you do all five of those things and, you know, you you know, you know really, you know, you really hit it home, um, sleeping shouldn't be um, a big concern uh, in, in that regard. So, again, just to uh, kind of reiterate, we talked about, you know, why we need sleep. We, we, we know all of the health risk and problems that um, arise if we don't get any sleep. Uh, we know heart issues. We know uh, controlling your weight. We know um, controlling diabetes, controlling cholesterol. We know all of these clinical problems occur uh, when you uh, don't get enough sleep. We know, you know, having trouble doing well in school, having trouble doing well in work, falling asleep while driving. All of these are just, you know, problems that kind of uh, compound themselves on top of each other uh, when we're not getting enough sleep. So definitely, please, 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 um, I don't want you to, you know, brush sleep off. You know, I know, 
you know, back in the day, we used to say, you know, you know, you you, you work twenty four seven, grind all night, blah 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 blah. That don't work. Um, you know, uh, hey, Doctor Michelle, uh, that don't work. That's, you know, like we're, we're gonna dead that now. Uh, we need sleep. I need sleep. Six to eight hours for my adults is pretty much uh, our, our golden. Uh, uh, window of opportunity uh, in that regards. And um, for those who, you know, that you're still watching, you know, for again, thanks for support. Thanks for watching. Again, continue to like, share um, everything that uh, we've been uh, doing here with uh, the Lunch and Learns. Um, uh, yes, not not getting to sleep can kill you. Uh, and again, it's, it's, I mean, sometimes you have to say just as blunt as that. Um, and especially for my young folks out there, my like my twenty to thirty year olds who are you know who are doing a lot of partying, who are stressed out, who are working a lot. Um, understand that again, you may not feel the effects now, but once you get you know the thirties, forties, fifties, it will come to bite you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Doctor Barry. If you want to find out more about the episode, please go to www dot lunch learn pod dot com that's www dot l u n c h l e a r n p o d dot com for the show notes and any links that may have been mentioned in today's episode if you're interested in joining the lunch learn pod community head over to either the website lunch dot com or join us on facebook and twitter with the same username, Lunch Learn Pod. And again, you can find uh, all of these links on uh, the website. If you have any questions, any comments, or any requests for uh, topics to you know debut on the show, please let that be known. And don't forget to use uh, the hashtag Lunch Learn Pod when you're listening to the episode. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I'll see you next week.